Hmm. I don't know if it does anything different drinking it out of a glass like that, but... Hello, my name's Jake Kerr. Welcome to the Black Ink Podcast number two. So I got a whole 15 uh, views on my last podcast, so I thought there's definitely justification to do a second one and a third one and a fourth one, so here we are. I thought... Uh, for those who tuned into the last one, I spoke a little bit about the origin story of Black Ink, which is kind of where I had to start anyway. I can't really share any crazy thoughts if you don't know where they're all coming from. Uh, so give give you an idea. My idea for this podcast is to basically just kind of not really be about anything specific. If there's anything kind of happening with Black Ink, I'd love to talk about it and share the story. Um, I think it's super interesting what I'm going through right now, mainly because uh, it's like, I kind of want someone to relate to the whole time. Like I want someone who's doing something similar to me so I can ask them questions and see what sort of direction they can take. The thing that I'm finding is the more people that I talk to about my, my, uh, my journey or my path, I find that it's not really aligning with anyone else. And the biggest, biggest thing I'm finding is like, I, I speak to people who are my age, who are doing their own individual thing. Sorry. I speak to people my age who are doing their own thing, and it's everyone my age doing their own thing. It takes a totally different way of doing it. And then I speak to people who are the generation older than me and ask them, you know, how they'd go about doing things. And without, like, sometimes I think it's my own stubbornness and it's the fact that I'm young and I'm male and I think that I know everything that kind of gets me in the way. But when I, like, strategically break down what they're telling me or and try and like understand like what the application of what they're saying is in my situation. I'm, I, I realize that, you know, it's a totally different world. It's a completely different world from kind of the, the, the lifestyle, not the lifestyle, like the world that the, the people built a business in 20 years ago or even 10 years ago is totally different now. The fact that I'm making a business that is completely built on Instagram and Facebook and Facebook advertising and having an online store and, you know, there, there are certain pillars that if they get knocked over, it'd be extremely hard to start again. And I, I, well, not even that it's hard to start again. I think it's more the fact that, you know, to build a store or to build some sort of um, infrastructure where you're selling something, where you're selling whether it's an idea or a product or a service or whatever it might be, it all kind of started with four walls and then building your way out from those four walls or bringing people into those four walls. And while the the uh, structure of that is the same now those four walls are now metaphorical as like they're kind of like it's just an online space so I picture my website as like a a place that I'm trying to bring people to and I'm trying to send things out of but the whole mentality and the process of how you go about it I feel while it is similar in some ways it's totally fucking different so I think as far as this podcast goes I like the idea that I'm documenting things as they happen and Realistically, I'm not really doing these podcasts right now for anyone to actually watch. It's almost so I've just got a foundation of of something that I can go back and look at myself and be like, oh, you know, that's where I was at. And also, I think just one of those things I just I like I would like to get good at this. So through repetition, through repetition, I guess I hopefully will get better. So probably I'll just talk a little bit about Black Ink and where I'm at right now and what I'm excited about right now. Uh, so at the moment, I've just grown my store to about uh, between 17 and 22 products, I think it is. It kind of, I, I get a bit edgy with some things every now and then, and I'll pull them off and I'll put them back on because I don't know whether it's worth having the extra item on that only that I sell one of a month, or whether I just take that off and, and make it just the things that people want. Again, like I'd, 
besides talking to like the owner of Street X maybe or talking to like the guys at Lo-Fi, like I really have no idea. And I'm coming in from a point of view where my working background, as I mentioned in the last podcast, is like most recently I'm a truck driver. Like I drive road trains and understanding e-commerce has literally been a process of just watching a heap of YouTube videos and trial and error and seeing what happens and spending money and seeing where, seeing what money you spend, what works and what doesn't and trying not to like, obviously you're trying to replicate the things that work and don't do the things that don't work again, but also doing the things that don't work in a different way and seeing if that gets a different result as well. There's just so many, <clears throat> so many things to like experiment with and kind of have fun with. And that's the coolest thing about all this, I guess, is that I, I'm having heaps of fun right now. I like I honestly say this I can't afford to do anything I can't really afford to do anything that isn't for my business um, and you know there are some fun things that are involved in my business that like I can justify going and riding my Harley I can justify going for a skate I can justify um, you know getting a coffee if it means I get to tag someone in a post or whatever but like I can't go for a day trip to Perth because I can't afford the fuel I can't afford the the food while I'm up there. I can't afford to do anything fun if there's something fun to be done up there that costs money. Like I don't have a spare, I don't have a spare $10, $15 at the moment. So, but with that said, um, I have at the moment like genuine turnover in my business and I had cash flow, which is great. I just don't have that excess yet. And obviously like everything's just with time and like to build a really cool brand or I feel like the direction that I'm trying to take my brand and what I see is the end goal I feel like everything that I'm doing now is just essential. You know, it's not essential to be poor, I, I don't think. I think it is essential though to like, for the for the growth that you want in the time that you want it, I think it's important to put in the amount of effort that I'm putting in. I feel like if I wanna, like if I wanna have X amount of followers in a certain amount of time, it's like oh, you have to spend months, maybe even years, like spending heaps of time on social media and understanding how that machine works and as it progresses, progressing with it and understanding all the ins and outs and again, what does and doesn't work. You know, some days I, I spend a couple hours just searching through hashtags and trying to find really key accounts that I can engage with and see if they're going to engage back and potentially get some sort of coverage there. And, you know, sometimes you find that that account that you thought would do really well did fucking terribly. And you, you know, you might have spent, you know, I know it's not a customer, but that like account acquisition, that communication, that connection sometimes can cost you so much in time and energy that it almost feels like you've spent money on it. And, you know, again, it's just like a learning process. But, you know, as I, as I was saying, hey, Louie, can we just relax? I'm recording a podcast. Just chill. It's all good. It's all good. But yeah, I think um, at the moment... While I can't afford anything, I'm not upset that I can't afford anything. I'm very much just, you know, it is what it is at the moment. And Louie, is that a B? Is it a B? I just got to check if my dog's eating a B. I don't think she is. What is it? Right. This is where I'll come back. So... What's happening with Black Ink at the moment? Uh, so I'm just about to put, I've actually had these hats for a good two weeks and I've just gone through the process of um, doing the photo shoot for them, which to give you an idea, uh, I put a photo on my personal Instagram, but just in case you're not following it and I'm pretty confident anyone who's watching this doesn't follow my personal Instagram, um, is literally just like a piece of core flute that I had up against the shed 
on a table trying to catch the sunlight in between clouds and having my SLR with a 50mm lens just kind of waiting, 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 the sun comes and I take a heap of photos and I move the hat a bit and take a heap more photos. And they're great photos, but it's just a case of like, you know, you have to have the dog locked up and she's barking at me and if I didn't have her locked up, then she'd be down kind of harassing me at the table and waiting for the sun to come out at the right time. And as soon as you start getting the right photos and the sun dis- disappears behind the cloud and I'm trying to do everything in like one of the three spots that actually receives direct sunlight without getting my shadow in it and you know it's it's totally fine and I understand that's where I'm at with my business but also it's just sometimes like you know and obviously I'm not sure if you're aware of this but well if anyone's aware of this but I uh, myself and my partner live 100% out of a caravan and like to the point like we have to uh, travel about uh, two-thirds of an acre if we want to use the toilet or the shower uh, we carry our dishes up and down a hill to get them done. Uh, we live next door to chickens and like none of this. I'm not complaining about any of it, of course. But it's just, I feel like I will look back in five years time and definitely laugh at how humble my beginning was, which is cool. I appreciate that. But yeah, it's just, um. so yeah, getting getting the photo shoot done for the hats is, is one of those things where have, holding on for them to two week, for two weeks before I sell them isn't like some sort of marketing ploy. It's like literally as simple as trying to find the spare two hours to set everything up and get it done and have the dog, you know, not too energetic so she's not hassling me. And like, as you've just seen before, like I've got the dog in here right now and if something happens, I've got to deal with that. You know, it's and like, you know, I'm, I have I have no privacy. If someone walks in here, what it, it is what it is. So She's quite a humble beginning, and it kind of sounds like I'm complaining. I don't want to sound like I'm, I'm complaining at all. I'm just being, uh, as I said, I'm kind of documenting the process, which is cool. So uh, what I've also got on the go is I'm, I've got, uh, so the old, old school hockey jersey I released like six years ago. It was the biggest head fuck you can imagine trying to get it, um, trying to get it organized back then. And like back then, as I mentioned in the last podcast, I didn't have any idea what it took to like actually produce clothes. I had no real understanding of what it, like what it was to communicate with people overseas. I didn't understand what shipping was. I didn't understand having a central hub where all of your products can be like viewed and purchased and people can have their questions answered or they can contact you, something outside of social media. And I went through hell and back to get these uh, jerseys made. But I got 10 of them made, uh, sold nine of them, kept one for myself. And from the day that people first saw them until today... If you got on average how many times I got asked about them, I would have been asked once a day. Like I have been asked so much about these bloody jerseys and it wasn't until I was working with a friend, Brody Cassidy, and getting him jerseyed up with some black ink for the Manjimut 15,000 this year that I was looking to get some of those remade for customers because customers were asking if they could get a hold of them. So I thought, yeah, I'll do a run of them for sure. Um, Yeah, I just kind of had two or three people in the space of like three days just saying why the fuck wouldn't you make the old school jersey again everybody knows it everybody wants it and like people would literally screenshot pictures of it on instagram send it to me and say when are we getting this and it didn't really occur to me until i had three people physically say to me like and almost aggressively like what's going on why don't you do this why don't you remake it so went through all the process and like even now i kind of semi know what i'm doing still a still a damning process it's just like just communicating with somebody who doesn't speak English as their first language, trying to explain things like graphics and how you want something to be laid out or like trying to ask for a size chart and they send you something back in Chinese and you're like, hey, 
what the fuck do you, what, imagine you're me. Like I literally wrote a message saying, imagine you are me and does this make any sense to you? And they wrote back and just said, oh yeah, well we've had a client for five years who doesn't have, like I'm not that fucking client. Like I don't understand, you know? Anyway, long story short, that's all finalized. So we've got them on the way now. Um, I'm just working on a super cool new design. I don't want to say too much because, oh man, I, I don't I, I don't like saying too much because I like to I like things to be done before people find out about it. I don't like I've definitely come from a place of under of learning that you don't tell anyone what you're doing until it's done. Because if you tell them what you're doing before it's done, then there's this expectation and they build a picture in their mind of what it is, and also. You know, they think like, I say, oh, I'm going to do this X, Y, Z. And then they go, right, Jake's going to do this X, Y, Z. And then they add a whole heap of stuff to it that isn't really relevant or kind of congruent with what you're thinking. And then one of two things happens. When it lands, they don't see it as a the thing they pictured and, and, and it's not as attractive. Or the second thing is it's exactly what they thought it was. And even though you told them, because you told them and they knew it was coming, it has no hype. And therefore, they're just like, fuck yeah, that's really cool. I'm going to buy one of those. And then guess what? They never fucking buy them, you know? Like, that's what happens. So rather than like hype anything up, I just kind of be like, oh yeah, cool. Like, I might be working on some jerseys. I might be working on this. And like, I know I've, I've spoken about the jerseys, but it's not something I, I, I probably should. Um, I'm, yeah, I'm definitely uh, contradicting myself. But anyway, so like this new design, uh, talking about the design itself, I think would be giving a bit, too much away i like just i get hyped about these new designs because uh i feel like black ink definitely takes two there's a split there's a split when it comes to the graphics there's real simple type typography based graphics where it's just building a feeling around the words black ink and trying to like find an attractive and and like sexy and simple way of putting that onto a t-shirt and then there's like the full graphic spec where you're just trying to really like tell a story using imagery and then like if you can work the typography into that and like kind of like create an emotion with the whole thing. And I've got, so if you know the range well, I've got the Ascension T, the Work in Progress T and the Sword Life T, which are all very like image based. The Sword Life T, all three of them have a graphic on the front and a graphic on the back and they're very, like I feel like they they like it's it like it works with your outfit it's one of those things where you kind of have to build your pants or your hat or whatever around wearing that shirt whereas these i mean this here i can throw this on with anything shit i can throw this on with boxer shorts and it still looks cool you know so the next one i'm doing is very image based and it's very like it's a really cool like feeling and it's just got a, a really cool uh quote in it that as soon as i heard it i was like like not only do i think that's cool on a shirt that's literally how I think. Like this is how I this is how I picture like the structure of like the world around me. Oh, I just want to say it, but I'm not gonna. So that's cool. That's cool. We got that on the go. Um, for the first time today, so kind of one of the pinnacles of um, one of the pinnacles of uh, not pinnacles. One of the like things that happen that I realize like oh this happened so this means something is uh, putting in an order for something and receiving an order for something for black ink in the same day. I only had that happen for the first time like 10 days ago. And today I got two boxes of my stock arrive uh, arrive, um, and I put in an order this morning. So not only am I receiving things the same day that I'm ordering them, not the same thing obviously, like it's something that I've ordered X amount of days ago, but I received two full boxes and it's gone from like, you know, a bag, a satchel, a big satchel, 
a box, a box and a satchel, back to a box, back to a satchel. And then today it's just two boxes. So it's, it's fucking cool. It's awesome. I literally was carrying them down the hill and like I do this little thing now. I think I've always done it. Every, literally every single um, package that I've received, I take a photo with it. And it was like, I was struggling to hold these like two boxes and I take a photo. So I thought that was pretty cool. But yeah, so, and obviously like uh, I'm I'm about to start my, uh, e- not email marketing, I'm about to start my Facebook uh, advertising campaign, um, which if uh, a lot, everyone's familiar with the boost post button down the bottom of ads and like you can do it on, I think you can do it on Instagram and you can do it on Facebook and people think when you talk about Facebook advertising, it's boosting a post. Boosting a post is like, maybe has the, the like effectiveness uh, of like maybe five or 10% of what an advertising campaign can do. Boosting a post, like I know it gives you a little bit of like, you get a bit of demographic control and the wild part about boosting posts is by the way, if you've got a page, like if you have a Facebook page and you boost a post within the options, it says, do you want this to go to people that already follow you? People like the people that follow you, friends of the people that follow you or people that don't follow you at all. So that means that Facebook is giving you the opportunity to pay for your posts reaching the people that follow you. My question is, if I have to pay for the people who follow me to see what I'm posting, why the fuck would they follow me in the first place? It doesn't make make any sense at all. If I have to pay... So you, as a fan, have gone onto my Facebook page, you've clicked like and follow, or whatever it is. You know, you're, you are now subscribe to whatever Black Ink puts on their Facebook page. But then I have to pay for you to see my posts. And this is evident because if you go on my Facebook page right now, there is not a single post on there that has over 10 likes, but I've got 1,200 followers. What the fuck? You know, like it it clearly is just like, you know, Facebook have seen that people can make money off the service that they're offering. And then I completely understand, like you're allowed to have Facebook advertising and every fourth tile on everyone's Facebook can be something that someone paid for. But if someone's trying to follow you, the least you can do is fucking let them see it. You know what I mean? I don't even tag stuff in my, in my posts. It's like people who have elected, and I know this is, this is old news for people who know what they're talking about, but it, you know, if you're not aware of this, this is something like the first, I, like it, it continuously annoys me when I see that option. Not that I boost posts, but when when I when I am in that, you know, it's good to like open up every button you can on every program, by the way, and just see what it does. And when I do check that boost post, you know, thing sometimes it's like, what the fuck? Like, I have to pay for the like, yeah. I'm not gonna fucking go on about it. So Facebook advertising, um, as like a where you set up a campaign with ad sets and ads, is like the single most effective marketing tool known to mankind. There is nothing that markets better. There is nothing that markets better than Facebook advertising unless like you want to talk about something similar. I mean, if you get a boxing match that has 60,000 people watching it, just let me, no, I just clicked low power mode. I don't know if that changes the video quality. Hey, that's cool. It's all good. This is part of the joys of recording on my iPhone, you know, because I don't have anything else yet. I'm I'm working with what I got. (laughs) But say you got a boxing match of like 60,000 people there and then right before the match starts, someone comes out and says, hey, um, buy these da-da-da boxing gloves, you know? And you've got 60,000 people that maybe are just sober enough to fucking, 
keep their shit together to hear that advertisement and they think, shit, you know what I'm going to do? Go out and get myself a pair of... Bo-. You know, Mike Tyson comes out and says, buy my boxing gloves. And because it's Mike Tyson, people go and do it. You're speaking to an audience that are already engaged in that particular subject because they're at a boxing match and therefore they're going to go and buy it. Facebook is like, oh, no, no, no. We're going to take everything that you've done on the internet and we're going to figure out what sort of person you are based off what you search, based off what you like, based off what time, what's the thing you spend the most time on, based on who your friends are and what they like and what they spend the most time on. They get all this information and they put it all together. They put everybody into these kind of groups. And it's like, it's not as, it's not as basic as putting people into groups, but it also is as basic as putting people into groups. And then basically you come up and say, look, I'm not looking for people who like t-shirts. I'm looking for people who like Harleys. I'm looking for people who like doing stuff on the weekend. I'm looking for probably males and females aged between like 21 and 35. I'm looking for people who earn over, you know, like $60,000 a year. I'm looking for people who are already adapt to online shopping. I'm looking for people who are who like small local business. I'm looking for people who uh, like engaging with business. And Facebook are just like, yeah, cool, man. Give us 20 bucks a day and we'll put your shit front and center. Simple as that. It's as simple as that. The Facebook advertising, like what Facebook offers as far as advertising is literally like there's nothing comparable. It's the single most powerful marketing tool known to mankind. <laughs> They're like, I, I say it all the time because it's literally as simple as that. But yeah, without getting too bloody too far down that track, <clears throat> I do want to launch my first um, advertising campaign. And you might be wondering, well, if it is that powerful, then how come you haven't done it already? And the answer is really simple. Uh, I don't know if I touched on this much in my last podcast, but the way I got to where I'm at right now is because I launched a little business um, about middle late last year. Uh, fishing business where I basically wanted to create like a, a drop shipping store, but I ended up holding inventory and rah, rah, rah. And what I did, I created a website, I started email marketing, and I started Facebook advertising, and you know, I started obviously posting out orders and packages and whatnot, all in the space of like three weeks. And the problem is, like, Facebook wants to know that you're real. Like, you just have a heap of growing pains. Facebook wants to know that you're real and you're not just some phony account because everyone's, you know, watching a YouTube video thinking they can make $100,000 selling fucking fidget spinners on Facebook. And it is true, you can do it, but you have to, you pretty much have to, (coughs) you have to know what you're doing. You can't really like, it's something like if you've done it before, you understand what you're doing. You can't just follow a YouTube tutorial and make it happen. Um, Also, like you, you find that like I've found that I've been running Black Ink the website for maybe six months now, six or seven months, and I'm constantly upgrading it. Like I'm constantly making things better, and I really just wanted to get a grasp of what direction Black Ink was going to kind of take, and I just wanted to have some sort of confirmation that Black Ink was more than just like another another person having an idea that they're going to sell t-shirts or that they're going to start some sort of brand. I wanted to like kind of confirm with myself and justify to myself that the expense of running a Facebook campaign was worth it, you know, because one thing I learned with that last business is I'm a fucking professional at wasting money. I'm a professional at trialing things that aren't going to work, which is great. Everything that you trial that doesn't work gets you a little bit closer to the thing that will work. And like, I fully appreciate that and understand it. But at the same time, I I cared about that business, but I treat this business as if it's my heartbeat. Like I don't have an option for this business to just stop. So whatever I do, 
And especially with the limited money that I've got now, I need to make sure that every step is a step forward or a step sideways that's going to end up being a step forward. So before I ran the Facebook advertising campaign, obviously, like I do as much research as I can on the subject itself, but I also do as much research as I can in every field that possibly affects it. Like I want to know that if you're a customer who comes at, like if you're, if you're someone, you're not a customer yet, you're like cold, maybe warm, you've heard of black ink maybe once or twice before, but you end up on my website. I want to make sure from the moment you click that button to end up on my website that everything happens perfectly. I want to make sure that my website opens in the right amount of time. I want to make sure that that pop-up that says, here, have 10% off for being part of the club. I want to make sure that pops up at the right amount of time. I want to make sure that all of those tiles that shows all of my product are exactly the same and that I've got the right amount of them across the screen and I've got the right amount of them going the whole way down. And then after that, you see something that's cool and engaging and then you see my collections and then you see, I just want everything to be nice. I want to make sure every single link works. I want to make sure that all of my processes have happened at least once, at least you know, so someone's tried to contact me. Someone's gone to my frequently asked questions page. Someone has bought something and had an upsell of something else. People have signed up to my VIP list and received their 10% discount code or people have, you know, they've filled out a cart and then not completed the process and then got the, the follow-up email saying like, hey, is everything okay? So I just want to make sure that all of my processes and sequences, they're not right. I want to make sure they're fucking crispy. I want to make sure that they're perfect so that every time that I move on to the next phase, the foundation that I've laid behind me to move on to the next phase is sound. It's integral. It's complete. And if I do have to go back and you know tweak something, it's literally just tweaking it. It's not like fuck. I've got heaps of work to do here. So like I think like the most recent thing that I've been doing on my website is uh, you know just feeling, making sure that the stock keeping numbers are all correct, and making sure that all the sizing is correct, and making sure that my size charts are congruent with with what the products are, and making sure that everything is just right. You know, it's like literally taking that time to look at the, the back end of your website and just looking at it and making sure that it's right not just kind of scanning over everything and you know I would like to think that uh, you know the thing about Facebook marketing or Facebook advertising if, if you get it right it happens quickly it allows you to scale quickly it allows you to like I've got some friends up in Perth who I don't even really want to comment too much on um, who they are or, or the time that it took them to do anything because I really don't know. But what I can tell from looking at it from a distance is they fucking figured it out and it at Facebook advertising has a, or a combination of Facebook advertising and maybe advertising that I'm not aware of have allowed them to have magnificent growth and magnificent results and the sort of thing that like honestly... You catch me out in a bit of an average mood, I'll, I'll see what they're doing and it brings a tear to my eye because in one way, it's like it's super cool to see that it's actually fucking possible seeing young people making making money, making real money and living a, like, living a life, not just doing some bullshit truck driving job or, you know, filling the gap. Uh, but at the same time, it's just like, I think it's like, honestly, it's probably like a mix of jealousy where it's just like, damn it, I feel like... I feel like I'm a bee's dick away from where they are, but at the same time, I feel like I'm a century behind them because, you know, it's just getting that process of advertising online correct. And then it's like, you know, who the fuck isn't online and who doesn't have money to spend these days on things that they see that are interesting online? And just seeing such crispy marketing and seeing a job really well done and realizing that that is within my reach, but it's just, you know, how many more fuck ups do I need to make to get there? And ah, it is what it is. So I'm I'm on the cusp of about to, to do that. I've got some creatives, which are like your, your actual ads. I've got them 
pretty much done and dusted for my first round of advertising and it's just a case of finding the spare you know 10 20 30 40 dollars a day whatever it is to kind of get started and get the ball rolling but yeah it's just a case like everything is just a matter of time and uh, yeah, the, I think like I always I say this to my partner all the time that like I feel like I'm right there I feel like, like I'm just I'm like I'm at the edge of the cliff and I'm just waiting for a cool breeze to come past it'll just tip me over and this will all take off you know what I mean I feel like I'm right on the cusp of black ink being something that everybody bloody knows about but in reality even if it happens quickly it's still something that's going to take months because you know let's say I did get a thousand orders in the next week it would probably take me two weeks to, to manage it. I would have to find staff. I'd have to find space. I'd have to literally like get the the physical things that you need to manage that sort of thing to even make it happen. So, you know, at, in one way, I do appreciate the time that I'm taking to get there and because it allows me to get these processes in place and like I've changed the way that I've sold shirts on the back end, like physically you know, even down to putting them inside the bag before they get sent off. Like I've completely changed that. So it's it's personal, but it's still efficient. It makes sense. It's not too much. It's not too little. It's still a full experience for the customer to unwrap that and, and like have that for the first time. Um, and yeah, if I, I, I mean, if I had have just gone right, here's Black Ink, 10 minutes into it, launch a Facebook advertising campaign, drop two grand on some creatives and running a really like efficient um, marketing campaign. The reality is like I... I mentally I couldn't have handled having a thousand t-shirts to pack it just doesn't work like that so taking my time and and kind of getting there the way I've got there is cool it's fun uh you know I'm and also it's given me heaps of time to pressure test the process in my mind as well so when I make a decision um and obviously you you should do this organically with, with business growth but like when I make a decision it's like okay if when I make a change uh, is this a change that I'm going to be able to do at scale? Is this a change that's going to make sense? There's something here I can see myself hating about this particular way of doing it if I had to do it over and over and over and over again. And you do, you make you make uh, decisions differently. So yeah, the Facebook advertising campaign is definitely on the horizon. It's, it's within reach now. I'm starting to get a bit excited about it. Um, yeah, I don't really have anything else crazy going on with Black Ink at the moment. Obviously... Like a little bit behind behind the scenes with the social media, I uh, I push as much as I can on Instagram. Obviously, it's my main kind of that's my main slice when it comes to advertising. And it's like the crazy thing about Instagram is is like if you get it right, it's the best free marketing you can do because if you turn yourself into like a popular page or like something where so- something where something is always going on, like a a location where there's always exciting things happening or there's engaging things happening. People will come to you anyway, and the Instagram algorithm just responds by going like, here's more people like that, here's more people like that. You end up in the search page, you end up in people you may know. It's it's, it's really just like if you kind of work that right, it works for you. So I put a lot of energy into that. I put a lot of energy into um, TikTok as well, uh, which is I'm basically just trying to grow as much of a, a community as I can on there of like people who ride Harleys and people who appreciate kind of crazy shit on, on bikes and stuff like that. And... Once I get to a certain size, I'm just going to respond by, you know, dropping in every now and then uh, a bloody, a video about a jumper or a shirt or, you know, you know how it goes. It's like build the audience and then, and then sell to them later. Once you've got a list of people, you typically can make money from that list. So I put a lot of energy into uh, TikTok as well. 
I also um, obviously um, starting this podcast, so I'm going to be recording a podcast every two days. Well, one of you know every two days, every three days. A lot of it depends on when my partner is working because just kind of getting that time where I, I you know do have you know for a 40 minute podcast, I might need an hour and a half, and I don't like to waste. Well, not that it's wasting time. I don't like to spend too much time away from her when she has time off because of her work to work to life ratio. I like to make sure that we have life together. So it's uh. Yeah, the the podcast is, and, and as I said at the beginning, I'm really trying to build a nice kind of solid foundation of not only like having podcasts that I can lean back on. So, you know, when I feel like people will find me properly, once I've done, you know, 20, 50, 70, 100 podcasts, when it does have some real traction, it's like having the numbers to back up. Like I'm at 50 because I did 50 podcasts, but also speaking in a way when I get there where I don't talk about things that aren't interesting I don't have dead air I don't kind of trip over myself or stumble on my stumble on what I'm trying to say and just like having that having those having that like you know experience in the bank so to speak so that I'm not kind of just winging it from the start and I think like that's probably the cool part about like what I've like something I've learned from doing black ink this time in the past six months is really embracing being shit at things. Like, it's kind of cool to sit here and just talk and not feel like I have to make an exceptionally good video or I have to, you know, you know, I kind of, like I started this over like five times because I thought that I wasn't, I, like the, the start wasn't good enough. But the reality is, like in actuality, like the three people who watch this to the end, like my mum, probably me again one day, and like that one diehard fan that I don't know about that masturbates over my pictures, it doesn't really matter, you know? You can just do it. And the thing is like, like I'm speaking more about people doing things for the first time in general rather than just being me. But if you be organic and if you genuinely like show, not the struggle, but like if someone, like if you're new at something, you're allowed to be terrible at it, you know? If you're trying something for the first time and especially something like this, like I can see myself in the screen right now talking, and like, I hate it. You know, I hate seeing myself because it doesn't look like the crispy version of who I think Jake doing a podcast can be. It's the it's the reality of someone who's never done it before. Or they've done it once before. And this is what it looks like. And the hard part is giving yourself permission to be shit at it and to let that be your foundation and to, to see the, the parts that you don't like and get better at them and grow off them. And I think that is like really powerful when you apply it to just like, you know, I still have trouble talking to people in real life, you know, like running into someone down the street and like talking to them and making eye contact and listening to what they're saying and not thinking about what I'm thinking about and responding to what they're saying and all that, you know, it even gives me power in those situations because I say to myself, like, you know, I'm not a professional at speaking to people. I might even feel like I haven't done this before in that moment, but that's okay. Because if you just organically and genuinely be in that moment, whether you're doing terribly or whether you're doing fine, as long as it's organic, it has a sense of, it has a sense of like, this is who this person is. So it doesn't matter what they're doing and they're just going to take you for you. So I think like right now, I don't, I don't try and say that I've got the best local business or I've got the best t-shirt printing business. I know I don't. And not only do I know I don't, I embrace it. You know, I give you the best possible product I can for where I'm at. I charge you appropriately. I don't try and charge $100 a shirt. I charge exactly what the shirt costs plus enough to make it worthwhile for me. I'm not trying to be a millionaire. I'm just trying to build a brand right now. And that whole 
like kind of um, analogy of like just allowing yourself to be shit at things it allows you to be really fucking good at them as well because I know that like as I said before like what I see in the future for black ink is so precise and clean and like I don't even I don't see clearly what it will be but I see clearly what it feels like and what it feels like is exactly what I is exactly what I want it to be in that moment if that makes sense so I, I kind of have this thing in what I say, say to myself every morning I'm I'm stubborn on my vision but I'm flexible on my path so I know that being stubborn on my vision means that that feeling of that like my business is something that's like a well-oiled machine it it fires exactly when it's meant to fire it does exactly what it's meant to do but being flexible on my path means like that allows me to be shit at the start that allows me to be shit at the start because i know the thing that is so precise and sharp and engineered and exactly what i want it to be has to come from a place of being fucking terrible you know if you want to like cross cross references to like a metaphor i think the best metaphor is that idea of like black ink is just a big chunk of concrete and I'm just the guy with like a hammer and chisel who's chiseling shit away all the time, all the time, trying to figure out what's in this piece of concrete. There's a beautiful statue in there, but I just have to take so much of that concrete away to figure out what that stat, sorry, what that statue is. And it's like I'm also not very good at hammering and chiseling, you know. Like I've never had experience hammering and chiseling before. I've never worked with concrete before. But we're fucking here and we're doing it. And I know that at the end of it, when I look at the statue, I probably still won't be a professional with a hammer and chisel, but I'll know exactly what the statue is. I know exactly what it is. And that's the fun part. So being flexible on that, being flexible on that path is kind of like when you embrace it and lean into the fact that, yeah, I'm new at this. I'm not good at this. I'm having fun at this. I'm doing what I'm doing. And part of that is having no money for me at the moment as well. It's like going like, yeah, I am fucking poor. So how creative can I get with everything that I can do for free? How far can I stretch this? You know, if I go to spend $4.50 on a, on, a, on a coffee, do I go and spend it at McDonald's or do I go and spend it at my mate's cafe so that I can do the post and go like, oh, look at me, I'm at such and such and they share my post and then one more person sees me and maybe follows me. So yeah, yeah. I don't even know the fucking point. I don't even know what I'm talking about at this point, you know? Just, I did, oh yeah. I'll talk about this because this is funny, you know? Um, everyone's kind of like, like, well, not at the moment. They were last week. They were blowing up at the fact that the cops use that Safe WA app. This blows my fucking mind that people are surprised. This, like, so if you're, if you're, like, if you have a mobile phone like a normal person, and you think that you have any privacy, it's bizarre. And the thing that I always go back to is if you had to take your mobile phone apart and even put it back together. But we won't even go that far. Let's say you took your mobile phone apart and you pulled all the pieces apart and you had them all laid out in front of you on the table. Could you identify what each piece does and can you tell me how it works and and even a little bit of the history in humanity, how we got to a point where that particular thing is manufactured and how it works and you know where it's come from and where it's going and all the rest. And if you can't do that, if you're like the 99.99% of people who own mobile phones but have no idea how the fuck everything that pops up on the screen pops up on the screen, then why are you surprised that people who know more about it fucking know more about it? Like, you're telling me that an app that tracks GPS... Don't even think about it, Louie. Louie! Don't! So you're telling me an app 
that literally relies on tracking people and where they go, uh, locked in with GPS coordinates that ask you to allow permission right at the start of downloading it, and they're not going to use it to find out some shit that they want to find out. Like, all the times that you say, even the times when you say it's not allowed to track you, do you trust that it's not? Like, do you actually... Do you actually think that that's what's going on? Do you, you're just relying on some people that you don't even know, that you've never met, that you're never going to meet, that also have no fucking, uh, what do you call it? They have no duty to respond responsibly in a time of like, if they got questioned, they're gone. They disappeared. Whoever made that, they don't even exist anymore as far as this is concerned. You trust that they're going to follow the rule that they set for themselves and for you? No, that's not how it works. Because the thing is, like, I know... Louis, just stop. I know that even with a little bit of money when I've had it in the past, I've seen what, what happens to me. I've seen what happens to good people with money. And like money is just an easy example of some source of power. And I've kind of, oh, I've gone off the track here because the dog's bloody interrupting me. More to the point, I think it speaks to humanity in that even good people when given the opportunity, when no one's watching, will do bad things, even if they're very, very, very small. Now, we're assuming that the people who made this technology are good, right? If the right person came along and said, hey, I know you're not meant to, but if I gave you, let's say, this amount of money, would you be able to figure this out within your app? Maybe. Maybe. Now, let's pretend they're bad people. Let's pretend that they made that app with the intention of selling that information because anyone who's anyone knows... That information, when it comes to lists in the 21st century, is worth more than fucking anything else. Why? Because you can sell it to people who can use that information to make money, to find people, to do whatever they want to do with that information, to make, to, to, to just make more money. Literally, it's spending money to make more money in one way or another, right? I can't imagine that even half of the apps on my phone are made with some sort of moral, like good moral intention. I assume that everything that is on my phone that collects any bit of information, any bit of information, and I put that down to even games on your phone that collect whether you turn left or right when you had a fork in the road, that information is worth something and that information is being sold to people. That's how the shit works. That's how the shit works. If you think your emails are private, no. You think your Facebook account is private? No. I honestly think that not even my thoughts are private. I try and keep this shit pure because I think we're only 10 years away from being able to backtrack what you thought and people figuring out your true intention. I even put a post up on Facebook the other day saying that transparency is the future. The whole reason why digital wallets are going to be the future is because they offer complete transparency. You can see where money has gone and come from. And more to the point, things that you can own in a digital space, you can see who owned them before. All of this false fucking flexing on people on social media is all going to go out the window quicker than you know it. And what's going to replace it is transparency. So every time I send a message, even if it's on an encrypted app, like know that someone can read that if they really want to. Know that. And the only reason that people don't get in situations where the information that is meant to be private is being swapped, like when the wrong people get a hold of that information. The only reason they don't do anything with it is because if they did, they would have to say where they got the information from. And even if you don't believe that, but still run your life as if it's true, man, the reality is... No, okay, that doesn't go anywhere. But 
what I'm saying is, is I still live life as if everyone can see every message that I send. You know, I act as if like anything that is sent, basically anything that's written down on a piece of paper and isn't burnt in front of you, you've got to believe that the person that you don't, that, you, that the least person you want in the world to read that is going to see it. And if you don't, like I feel like you're just kidding yourself. And all we're seeing as the time goes on and on and on is that that is proving itself to be true over and over and over and over again. I just believe that there are people out there that are a lot smarter than me. And I believe that those smart people can manipulate these screens that show up different colors and words and all the rest. I believe that the, where this information is stored, which, by the way, where's any information on the internet stored? What, what even is the fucking internet? You know what I mean? Like, explain that to me. If you can explain that to me, and every time a message that's stored in, in the cloud or whatever, like where that goes, and like if you know what that is physically, you're telling me that the, the, the physical place where that information is stored, that the door can't be unlocked? It's fucking crazy. Crazy. Look, I'm going to check out. I've been doing this for 47 minutes, minus Louis fucking ruining my day. That's all good. Do me a favor. If you watch this far, drop me a comment, drop me a like, DM me on fucking Instagram. Just show me some love. Let me know that I'm getting somewhere because some days I feel like I'm going crazy. Um, Other than that, I hope you have a lovely day. Don't forget, like and subscribe. Check me out on Facebook. Check me out on Instagram. Check me me out on TikTok. Tell your friends about me. Go buy a shirt. Shit, if you hit me up for a discount code because you can't afford it, I'll give you one. I just want to fucking see black ink on people's back. I want to get excited about it. And I want people to be able to say that they were there at the ground floor. I hit 1,100 followers. Man, last time I I think like I've got 100 followers in the past like fucking week. It's crazy. Like I'm, I'm growing, growing. It's sick. Anyway. Thank you for listening. My name is Jake Curran from Black Ink. You have a lovely day. You.